0: to hear the story of Bernice Mueller and Ben Mueller and how they survived the holocaust during World War II by fleeing to Russia. I was born Bracha Fogo, uh, And Jewish Bracha is blessing. In school they called me Bronya. I was born in 1925 in a small town in Poland, Tomaszów. Uh, 90 miles from Lublin. I was born in an average Jewish-Polish family with parents, a sister, brother, uncles, aunts, relatives. At the same time as I was growing up and dreaming my uh, childhood dreams of becoming a teacher or interpreter, in Germany, a man named Hitler was coming to power. And he had other plans for me and for my family. Of course, he didn't know me, didn't know of my existence, and I certainly didn't know him. Many times when I go to schools to speak before children, they ask me, did you ever meet Hitler? What was he like? No, I never met Hitler. I only know what he was like by what history shows us, by his deeds. From 1939, when Hitler invaded Poland, the second stage of my life began. The Germans came in and they were supposed to stay in the part of Poland where we lived, but by some political arrangements, they were moving back a few kilometers, and the Russians came in. The Russians came in and did not stay very long because the borders were not yet decided but they would be later on. And uh, in the few days that the Russians were were there, and we knew already of some of the atrocities that the Germans were capable of doing, which were very minor, comparing to what we know now. They shot some uh, people that were slightly retarded and they didn't like the way they were walking down the streets, or they were choosing some Jews with beers and uh, traditional garb that was not to their liking. They pulled people off the streets and make him, made them clean latrines and the streets with their bare hands. So we knew already a little bit of w- of what we could expect. The Russians offered us a way out they gave us transportation and 30 minutes to pack our belongings and to move back with them into the russian then the russian zone now looking back (coughs) i question myself why didn't everybody leave well People could not believe that Hitler and the German people were capable of such atrocities that they later committed. And they thought that the war would be just a few months, it will blow over and life will be normal and they can stay. Some were older people, some had small children. It isn't that easy to pack up your life and accumulation of a lifetime in 20 minutes and um, since the people could not really believe that things would get that bad because when Hitler first came to power he started everything on a small scale. First he was burning Jewish books, synagogues, and nothing happened. Nobody at the world, in the world at large, really put up a fight against it, so he was getting bolder until in the later years he started building concentration camps where in the beginning some of the Jews wound up and a lot of non-Jews also, the ones that did not conform with his policy. In our family, my father, myself, my brother, my sister, we decided to leave. Some of our neighbors left, but more than the ones that left, more stayed behind. And from our family, from my mother's and father's side, I would say about 150 people, nobody was left. From, the, from our town, from the people that stayed behind, only three men survived. Of the total population? Of the total Jewish population. Of how many? Three, uh, 12,000 people. I don't know how many. I would say uh, about 2,000 went to Russia. And the rest stayed and uh, only three were left. So now we are arrived on the border in Russia, and we are beginning a life of refugees. Well, we stayed there for six months, and in the meantime, they sent us to, uh, we couldn't stay on there because some of the people that left started returning to the remaining families, and the borders were being established, and uh, people could not go freely back and forth, and they wanted us out of there because we were not permanent residents. So the Russians told us to register to any city that we wished to go, and my mother years ago used to get from someone—I don't remember who it was—from some relative in Odessa. She used to get occasionally, male. So my mother said, oh, I remember, uh, so-and-so telling me that is a nice city, let's go to Odessa.
1: I'm Ben Mueller. I was born in Vilnius, Vilno, Poland, in 1922, to a wonderful mother and father, and I had a sister and a grandma, which stayed with us. For many years. My mother, she had a store of office supplies. My father was in a co op with other printers and they published a newspaper in my hometown. When I finished school, which was seven grades, I went to be a printer to learn the trade. And being in a newspaper, I acquired a taste for news. And always was interested in international news. And at that time, that was in the 30s, life was getting to be rough. Anti-Semitism in Poland started growing. The students got restless. and uh, there were a lot of pogroms and window breakings and beat up. people were beat, beat up in the streets. And uh, the wind was coming from Germany was bad news. A lot of refugees came into our hometown, and a lot of the people, Polish Jews who lived in Germany for many years, were expelled from Germany into Poland, and they came to, a lot of them came to our town, and every Jewish family took in one or two of the refugees, gave them shelter, food, till they found a place where to work and where to earn a living and being in the newspaper I always used to listen whenever Hitler had a speech. I used to listen with a reporter who was writing the story about the speech. I was listening with him and being interested what was going on and to me as a young man at that time the news was no good. Then finally when in 39 the war broke out between Germany and Poland uh, all of a sudden we had the news that Poland is being divided up into two parts, one to the Germans and one to the Russians. Our, my hometown, our part of Poland, went to the Russians. In '41, when the war broke out, uh, our Union was on a picnic in a forest by, uh, seven miles out of town. And someone came in and said that the city was bombed, that there started a war between Russia, between Germany and Russia. So everybody started getting impatient to get back in town. When we got back into town, there was a mess. People were laying dead in the streets. Homes were being indiscriminately bombed by the German uh, Air Force. And that was civilian targets. That wasn't army, army or military targets. On the second day of the war, we heard that the Germans are progressing closer to our town. Uh, some neighbors of ours, ten boys and one girl, they were mostly students from university and high school. They came into to our house and they said, "Ben, are you coming with us?" We all going into Russia. So, I knew that times are bad and it's going to get worse, and I asked my parents to join me and go with us to Russia. So, when I approached my parents to go with me and leave for Russia, um, my mother, she was willing, but my father, he was a short man. Heavy said, and he said, no, I cannot make that kind of trip. And there was no transportation. You had to go by foot, uh, get a horse, or there were no trains. It was hard to get uh, on any communication together. Finally, my mother packed a suitcase for me. It was clothes, food. She said, you go to your sister Minsk. The war will last only a couple of weeks, a month, and then you'll take your sister and you'll come back to our house. We left, we left uh, Vilna, Vilnius, and we started by foot to go toward the Russian border, the Russian proper, and that was approximately 120 kilometers. Maladezhne was the uh, border town. On the way, when we started walking, we already found some friends of ours laying dead in the streets. They were uh, shot, killed by snipers, Lithuanians, who were shooting from the side. If they saw one or two Jewish people going, they were just shooting him in cold blood on the highway. If there was a bigger group like ours, they were afraid, so they let us pass. And we came to a town, Oshmyany And there, all of a sudden, we noticed a big uh, convoy of Russian military trucks are going, running back toward Russia, because there was no resistance. The Russian army fell apart at that time. So on the spur of the moment, we said to each other, guys, Get on the trucks, get wherever you can. We'll all meet in Minsk. Finally, we came, I came to Minsk, and there we met. All of us met again. And uh, it was getting dark. We slept over somewhere in the woods. And next morning, we went to the railroad station. And all the refugees from Poland and from Russia from everywhere, were getting to the railroad station, and the Russians decided to have a train for uh, refugees and take them away from the front. And finally, we—the uh, destination was the Ukraine. We came to a uh, collective farm. So all ten of us and the girl— How old
0: were you then? I was
1: 17. At that time, I was already 19. And uh, uh, we came to the farm, we stayed there, we worked there, and, uh, our clothes got torn, our shoes got turned, the farm didn't have anything to give us, and the Germans were getting closer and closer, and, uh, the head of the farm said, the guys, our people have to stay here, but you don't have to stay here, you better keep on going deeper into Russia. We arrived at the Volga in uh, Koibyshov, Saratov, Koibyshov. And then we managed to get on a boat which was going up the Volga toward the Ural Mountains. At that time, when we passed, we were going on the boat. We didn't have any food. On the boat, they didn't give us any food. We arrived in the Ural Mountains. And I worked, I went to work in a factory and uh, I was living my daily routine and then I found out that in that city there are 30 families, Jewish families, which came from my hometown and there were mostly women. And I asked what happened, where are all the men? And they told me a story which is unbelievable to describe. In 1932, they crossed the, on account of anti-Semitism, they crossed the border into Russia, and they all were sent arrested. When they crossed, they were all arrested and sent to that town in uh, the Ural Mountains. Two days later, when they arrived, all their husbands were taken away, and they lived a single life of a single woman. Just one man came back. You never told them what happened to the rest of the other people. A short time later, I was drafted into the labor army, and uh, they sent me to a forest where they cut down timber for the copper mines. In that forest, I uh, worked hard. I didn't know nothing about cotton timber. And they gave us uh, people to to show us how to do it. And unfortunately, two of the people got killed by us cutting the timber. And uh, till today, I'm still caring. the thought of it, that people got killed. It wasn't my fault, but they got killed. And uh, that was... Uh, the hardest time in my life working in that forest, and temperature at that time was unbelievable, 63 below, and uh, we had to go to work every day. Then came an order and, uh, from the government, and they took us off from this place, and they sent us to build a copper melting place, smelter, a copper smelter. It's the biggest smelter in, the, in Russia today. We started from scratch, from nothing, and built up one of the biggest factories in Russia. Uh, I worked very hard. Times were very hard, but not for me. For everybody else, the Russian people were good to me. The Russian friends I made were good to me, and uh, I met in that place. I met uh, brother. He was drafted into the same army, and when, uh, her father passed away and she came over, that was the time when we first met. And, uh, we started the acquaintance. We started going out, having a good time, and, uh, life was going on. Did you know anything about what was going on in Poland at that time? We didn't know anything till late 1944. Then soldiers start coming back and they start telling us about what was going on in Poland, what they saw, what they heard. The Russian government didn't write anything in uh, the papers or uh, publicly announcements. What was going on later in '45? Then they start writing about it. But you till we didn't have no correspondence. Have no correspondence. You know, the from America the only time, the only time when I received correspondence was a letter from my uh, aunt in uh, Mississippi, and uh, that one day they'll come and take me out of Russia and bring me to America. We, we didn't hear any. There was no radio or shortwave no, radios. We had to depend on the Russian government to tell us. We Everything knew. was told by the Russian government that they win the war, they lose the war. We didn't know anything what was but going on. But
0: when the war was over, everybody was getting drunk and celebrating. We knew the war was over. Everybody was celebrating. Well, when uh, my sister, my mother and I came to Sums where my brother was living. I met Ben, and um, then we uh, went to, separately, to a New Year's party. And kind of since then, we became friends and then fond of each other, and our friendship and love was developing. And in the meantime, the Russian government had an agreement with the Polish government in London in exile, and lucky for us, we were allowed, as, as Polish citizens, we were allowed to return. And it took another year for that after the end of the war. We did not get out until 1946. In the, before the war, Ben already had papers, permits, to go to the states because he had relatives in Mississippi, and he will tell you about that.
1: When the- war ended and my hometown was liberated. I applied for permission to go to my hometown and see what happened, to see if any of my relatives and parents are alive. I came uh, to Vilnius and nobody was there from my close relatives, so I went to a synagogue where The only synagogue from a hundred synagogues which was still standing, and in that place was a center point for all the Jewish mail, all mail which came in from all over the world was turned over to that synagogue. And in this synagogue I found five letters from uh, my sister, that she was in deep, deep Russia, close to the Afghanistanian border, and I found one cousin, and he told me the story of what happened through the five years of the war, how my parents were rounded up and sent to different concentration camps. I met a sailor's lady which worked for my mother, and she told me the story of what happened to my mother. The story was cruel. My mother was sent was sent to, uh, a prison, and she had an album of pictures of the family, and looking at the pictures constantly, she went- she lost her mind, and the Germans shot her on the spot. They shot her right there in the prison on the spot. Then- I met some people who were with my father. My father was taken to Estonia to a camp called Klugi. And there, the people got sick. Some of them had typhus, typhoid fever, and they burned them all alive. They rounded them up in a courtyard and just burned all the people alive. That was the story of my parents. I had at least, at least 10, 10 uncles and aunts and their children. None of them were alive. I couldn't find none of them. I returned from my hometown a broken man, a broken young man. And I went deep into Russia to look for my sister. I found her. We spent a little time together. And then I returned to the Ural Mountains It came the time for us to return to Poland. When I saw my sister, we agreed to meet in Poland, in a certain city, and then see what to do with our lives. Because I couldn't travel with her, because the Russian government didn't allow to uh, go from one place to the other, and Stay there. Stay there. You had to have, for everything, you had to have a permit. So the time came and I, uh, we left for Poland. When we left for Poland, uh, Bronis, my wife, and her family, her brother, mother, sister, we all went together in the same train. It was like cattle trains, but this is the best they had, and this is the best they give us
0: This was already better on the return. Uh, it was summertime, uh, we already had some kind of facilities. It was much better than on the way there. And my uncle, uh, who was also in Russia, because none of my uncles that stayed behind survived, he came before, he came back from Russia before. And um, he must have, my mother must have let him know somehow, and he came and met us in Lodz. And we stayed with him for a little while, and then we found an apartment. uh, And that was the time that the pogrom in Celts was, and this was after the war. And seeing this, Ben said, this is not a place for me. We will not stay here. And he was still, now that he only had his sister, he didn't have his parents, he was still dreaming of getting to America. And he had promised me on on our third date come to America so I had no choice. Uh, My family didn't have any relatives in America and it was very hard for whole families to go at the time so we decided with the help of uh, Jewish underground we decided to illegally cross the border into Czechoslovakia right Right. then Austria and Germany but that time we were married we came to Germany he got in touch with his we were in DP camps. We got in touch with his family, displaced persons, displaced family. Per, uh, persons camps, which the American army took care of on, us. On we had already, way. you know, at that time we had food, even if it wasn't adequate or the best. Uh, we had, there were kitchens and we had food, and we um, were there like in a limbo still because everybody was waiting either to go to Israel, which was still Palestine, or to go to America or to some, ple- some other place, there were people from all the corners of the world. And then we heard all the horror stories that our flight, we thought we went through hell. This was nothing in comparison, with what our friends and the relatives that um, uh, came from other parts.
1: From the camps.
0: From the camps. From uh,
1: the concentration What
0: they went through. So uh, it took three years and four displaced persons camps for us to finally, with all the red tape, there were a lot of Germans that were infiltrating the, the P camps as Jews, made themselves be Jews, so they could get out. The prosecutors wanted to be become the prosecuted, and and I'm sure that some of them did manage also. And in the meantime our son Leon was born.
1: In Germany. In
0: Germany, in Dagendorf in the DP camp. And by the time we got our permits and we came in nineteen forty nine, October fourteen, after a journey on General Hershey on the we arrived in ship. Boston. We arrived in Boston with Leon high hopes, a suitcase, and a baby to start a new life.
1: I found a job as a dry cleaner with someone and uh, the pay was just minimal, so I started looking for a job in printing. I found a job in a newspaper in um, Greenwood, Mississippi and, uh, well, like the usual thing when a newcomer comes over to this country or any other country, I imagine, people try to take advantage and pay low pay, less than the scale, and so on. So I wound up in one of the places in the newspaper, and the scale was very low, and I decided to go somewhere else, to look somewhere else. Then I saw an ad in the paper that they're looking for printers in Dayton, Ohio. I wrote them a letter, and uh, they said, come out, we'll talk to you. If your English is good, you understand what you're talking, what you're reading. If your composition is good, we'll give you a job. It was vacation time. I took a vacation. I came out to Dayton, Ohio. I talked to the people in the printing shop, and they said, no problem. Just get yourself a union card, and you come out, and you got yourself a job. So I did that, and I came back, worked in, uh, that place for a little while then I got a job in the Dayton Daily News worked in Dayton Daily News for 14 years with a a recommendation to come back anytime I want to and I changed over to some scrap metal business which I am today and we have a beautiful family
0: we had a daughter in
1: Dayton. in Dayton and she's a teacher our son is a CPA in California And we have four grandchildren, beautiful grandchildren. We have a lot of, we are happy people. We made a good living here in the United States. We are proud. We are proud we are in the United States. We have good friends here in Dayton. We have good friends in other cities. And God bless America.
0: The The only thing that was very hard for us when the children were growing up They didn't have any relatives, and uh, that was also the result of the war, that not only we were punished, but our children. They grew up without grandparents and aunts and uncles and so on, but now, thank God, our grandchildren have families. And we are just grateful for the opportunity And we wish everybody a happy ending like we had.
1: You must not say
0: that you now walk the final way Because the darkened heavens
1: hide the blue of day The time we've longed for will at last draw near And our steps as drums will sound that we are here From land all green with palms to lands all white with snow, we now arrive with all our pain and all
0: our woe. Where our blood sprayed out and came to touch the land,
1: there our courage and our faith will rise and stand.